This is our sixth session on 1 Thessalonians 2, 13 to 16, and we finally come to this remarkable and perplexing part of the paragraph about the Jewish people. Let's read it. So he's giving an evidence here with this four that God is at work in them who believe because you brothers became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus in Judea. Now that raises the question, why in the world did he bring up the churches in Judea? For you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove us out and displeased God and opposed all men, hindering us from speaking the, to the Gentiles that they may be saved in order to always fill up their sins. But the wrath, but wrath has come upon them at last. That's an amazing statement. And I think the first thing we need to do, since you may not be inside Paul's heart and head if you have only this, is to notice that Paul, who is himself a Jew, said in Romans 9, I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, a Jewish people. Paul wishes that if it were possible, he could go to hell for them. This is not a man who's got a, a, a personal or an ethnic animosity towards his own people. Here's the beginning of chapter 10 in Romans. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them, the Jewish people, is that they may be saved. In fact, Paul viewed his apostleship to be driven to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So why, in view of his strong affections and that his whole life is devoted to trying to save Jews first and then also Gentiles, would he write such a damning statement about the Jewish people as a whole? And that's what we're going to deal with in the next sessions. But here, let me offer a few suggestions just to get us started. The first is that back in Acts 17, these um, countrymen of the Thessalonians were probably Jewish people, and they still are making life very hard for the Thessalonian Christians. Now, some people say countrymen here and Jews here are contrasted, and they read it like this, you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews, as though countrymen here are Gentiles and countrymen there in Judea are Jews. It doesn't have to mean that. I doubt that it does. Let me read it another way and see if, if it sounds that way to you. 
you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews. Just like you did from the Jews. If you put the emphasis on they here, it sounds very different. Now, why do I think that? Because back when Acts told us about the founding of the church, it goes like this. So Paul, Silvanus, Timothy, they come to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul went in, as was his custom. And on the Sabbath day, he reasoned with them from the scriptures. His whole goal is salvation. Embrace the Messiah, Jesus. And some of them were persuaded. So we know that some in the church are Jewish people. So he's writing to Thessalonians who are Jews as well as Gentiles. And they joined Paul and Silas as did a great uh, many of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women. But the Jews were jealous. And taking some of the wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob, set the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out. They wanted to bring out Paul and his team. A mob is a very scary thing. I don't know if you've ever been near a mob that's utterly out of control and wants your life. It is terrifying. This is no small conflict. And when they finally, uh, Paul and and, uh, Silas finally leave to go to Berea, this is what it says in Acts. When the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea, which was some miles to the east, they came there too. The Jews came there too, agitating and stirring up the crowd so that Paul had to fly to Athens. So even after he left Thessalonica, the the Jewish people who are left in the synagogue there are going to make trouble for the Thessalonians. So you suffered the same things from your own countrymen, the Jews who were Hellenistic, Greek in their culture, as they, the Jewish, I mean, the Christians in in, uh, Judea did from the Jews there. That's what I'm arguing this means because of the background in chapter 17. So Paul is uh, helping them come to terms with the fact that the very people of God are turning out to be their worst adversaries. What are we to make of this, Paul? That the Jewish people that are the heirs of the promises that you say belong now to us as well are treating us in this way. And this is going to be Paul's answer here. What was behind all of this opposition from the Jewish people? Acts 15. Some men came down to Antioch of Syria from Judea. That's what he's talking about, the folks from Judea, the Jews from Judea. And they were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the customs, you cannot be saved. That is the issue. Paul believes this is another gospel and sends people to hell. He wrote the whole book of Galatians, fiery angry at this gospel. Here's a piece of it from Galatians 5. I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, meaning 
if you accept circumcision as a necessary means of salvation, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. In other words, if you want to raise up circumcision as a piece of the law by which you merit God's favor, you got to keep the whole law. And you can't keep the whole law, and therefore this teaching is damnable. You see what's at stake here? It is massive. And this is why Paul says, enemies of humanity in keeping us from rescuing people from false gospels. So what happened in Judea? There arose that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. So this huge persecution continues from the killing of Jesus right on to the persecuting of the church. So Paul went in and out among them after his conversion in Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists, that is, the the Greek-speaking Jews, but they were seeking to kill him. So Paul now came under the ban of the Jewish people in Judea. And then he goes preaching, and they follow him as enemies in the synagogue everywhere. I'm just going to Click through these slides really fast. You can stop on each slide to read it for yourself. So he goes to Antioch of Pisidia. And what happens? Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you, and since you thrust it from you, and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, because the Jews had been jealous and began to contradict Paul. And then they go to Iconium. And what happens in Iconium? He was made when when an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, they learned of it and fled to Derby. But in Lystra, they have now dragged him out and have stoned Paul, left him for dead. And now, probably from the city where he's writing First Thessalonians, namely Corinth, he says this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth, and he reasoned in the synagogue. In other words, even though in every synagogue Paul goes to, he gets persecuted, he keeps going back and back and back and back and puts himself in the way of prison and beatings and lashings out of love for this people. He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade Jews and Greeks. And when they opposed and reviled him, he shook out his garments, said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. He always went to the Jews first. And then just one painful glimpse. Five times. I received at the hands of the Jews forty lashes, less one. Thirty-nine, 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 thirty-nine. That is how much he loved them. I mean, why not quit here, or quit here, or quit here, or quit here, or quit here? Anybody that says Paul was anti-Semitic 
when he writes, You suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews, who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets, and who drove us out and displease God and oppose, oppose all men because they hinder us from speaking to the Gentiles that they may be saved. Anybody who thinks that's anti-Semitism instead of a straight statement of the truth that breaks Paul's heart doesn't understand the New Testament or the Apostle Paul. And so let's end this session very clearly by saying we're going to talk about this in great detail about Paul's understanding of Judaism. The fact that the Christian church has been guilty of horrific anti-Semitic persecution is true and horrible and unwarranted in the New Testament. Anybody who finds themselves feeling hard thoughts against Jewish people should realize Jesus was a Jew. All the apostles were Jews. Paul laid down his life for the Jews. He bore 39, 39, 39, 39, 39 lashes and kept going to try to save the Jews. He never persecuted the Jews. He never condoned hostility to the Jews. But oh yes, oh yes, he spoke this and we will try to understand it.